made it to the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. Yes, my friends, we are back after a two-week hiatus. We were preparing ourselves and experiencing the wonderful thing that is the world's largest trivia contest in Stevens Point Trivia 5.0. And with every contest and every year that we have been doing this podcast, we like to cover the movie that was played for the trivia movie. And uh, tonight I have a couple of my fellow trivia team members from Freaks, 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 as we were called this year. First off, we have the diva of the spoiler room. She is with us once again. It is Dawn. Hello, Dawn. Hello, Mark. Hello, Beth. So glad to have you here with us. And then next to her, yes, it is Biff, the BFD himself. He is back with us, Glenn Bittner. Hello, Glenn. How are you, sir? Hi. <laughs> so glad to have you back. Mr. Bittner. <laughs> Happy birthday to you <laughs> yes and we, we are talking about some like it hot it was our trivia movie uh, this year for the contest and those who aren't familiar with uh, the world's largest trivia contest or have not caught our past trivia episodes basically a week before the contest they play a trivia kickoff movie and then during the contest which is 54 hours of trivia non-stop questions being read over the radio they will ask questions in particular about this movie and so you have to study up on this film to make sure you try to know everything possible so you can answer the questions and get valuable trivia points so for those who may not be familiar with some like it hot uh would uh, you like to give the synopsis on i suppose could you please oh gosh okay so we have Joe and Jerry, who are uh, Prohibition-era musicians, uh, and they are playing in a funeral home, you're not seeing my air quotes, um, which is owned by a gangster, and they sell coffee, again, the air quotes. So they... Um, funeral home gets raided. They need a job. They need money. They're out of money. They go to their hookup, uh, which is a whole other thing. Uh, and one of Joe's, one of Joe's many lady friends um, suggests that they uh, join this band which turns out to be a girl band but they can't join the band because it's going to be a girl band because it is a girl band so instead they're supposed to go to some other place and well i'm really getting wrapped up in this a little way more than it needs to be um 
in any case, they they uh, end up borrowing this this girlfriend's car, witnessing a fantastic reproduction of the St. Valentine's Day massacre, end up uh, joining this girl band anyway because cross-dressing Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon are a phenomena phenomenal thing to see. Uh, once they join this girl band, they run across, uh, they meet their, the third member of this dynamic trio, uh, Miss Sugarcane, um, played by, of course, the uh, extremely memorable Marilyn Monroe. Uh, things happen, Joe and Sugar fall in love, Jerry and some other guy fall in love, and, and shenanigans. And shenanigans. There are are many, many shenanigans, uh, and uh, a number of surprises. I will say for myself, for a film that was made in <laughs> in fifty nine. Um, yeah, <laughs> Glenn, do you remember when you first saw this film? <sighs> Man, a long time ago, probably in college. Many moons ago, when the rivers ran full and the trees were bright. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think it was spring. So yeah. <laughs> uh, and what'd you think about this? Because this has been rated as like the top comedy, I think, by the American Film Institute top one hundred comedies. It's like supposed to be the top comedy. How how'd you feel about it when you saw it? <clears throat> Um, I mean, it's all right. Mm -hmm. um, I this, I mean, I saw it in college, and I hadn't watched it again until uh, just uh, earlier this week. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's an all right movie. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not like anywhere, you know, on any list for me. Right. Um, sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's better than white chicks. <laughs> it's better than white chicks. <laughs> I do believe that's the Criterion Collection subtitle on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don, how about you with uh, with this film? I've never been a huge Marilyn Monroe fan, mm -hmm. um, but. I've always loved this for Jack Lemmon's performance. Yeah. He's he's this is one of my favorite Jack Lemmon performances. Yeah, he he really gets into the role. Um and you know, it, it's funny we talk about remakes all the time nowadays, but it, it's actually been a staple in film in Hollywood for many many years. Even back in 59 this was actually a remake uh of a i believe of some like it had from what 39 was it i think um i think there was another version of this film if i remember correctly reading up on it i could be wrong but i do believe this was a remake i don't um, think so was it i thought i don't think so or maybe i'm i'm crossing my movies um cuz i this the, it had a lot of homages to like um classic gangster films and it really poked fun at them but Maybe i don't that's... think um 
No, there was. Yeah, there was a Some Like It Hot from 1939 with Bob Hope and Shirley Ross. And Oops, that that's was... not what I intended to do. <laughs> but that, I was wrong. I, I may edit that out. No, I'll probably leave it so I can sound like a dork. That was a uh, same title, completely different movie. Uh, <laughs> so there was a 1930 film called Some Like It Hot. Uh, but that one involved Bob Hope as a fast-talking sideshow barker and a wax and a live concession stand on Atlantic City's boardwalk. So completely different, completely different film, uh, but same title. So there you go. Uh, hence my confusion and my error. So who knows? Shows you what I know. Um, <laughs> but, so we have Jack Lemon. You really enjoy Jack Lemon in it. Uh, I like this film quite a bit as well this uh i had watched i don't remember the first time i watched it. i remember i think i ran across it when um it was on a cable you know like turner classic movies once i watched it and enjoyed it and then watching again now for trivia you pay a little bit more close attention plus you end up watching the same movie about two or three times <laughs> mm -hmm. so you get a little bit more familiar with it and I'm going to say, I, I mentioned it, I think, uh, when we were watching it in the theater, Don, but this film felt a, at least a little progressive for the time it was made. Would you, would you say that, at least for a few of the characters we end up seeing in this film? A whole lot progressive. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, not, not just for the fact that it was a period piece, but for a lot of the things that they did in 19, I mean, for 1959. Right, because it, it's supposed to be set during Prohibition, but uh, you know, which we knew was the the wild the wild times. <laughs> but even for the wild times, they make a number of statements in here. I mean, we have, you know, I, I think the one of the best ones that I like is when they had moments in this film where they had the guys really come to light and realize how women are treated <laughs> and. Like Tony Curtis was a, a womanizer to begin with, and suddenly he's seen the opposite side of uh, of things. Though he isn't in that role that long, but you're talking about the bellboy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, the bellboy, uh, the bellboy who keeps hitting on him. <laughs> God. Was just great. God. Oh man, yeah, but I mean, that's just just one of the things for sure was the dialogue between them when they were complaining about how do they walk in these shoes and you know the guys you know they men they only want one thing they're all hands <laughs> and it's like uh, yeah it's like you know that's that was you guys just like you know before you started dressing in drag and glenn what, what do you think would you uh, say this film is fairly progressive for 59 and oh. um i don't know if i would say it's progressive Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, having some guys dressed in drag, it's not, that's really not that big of a thing, mm -hmm. um, because they, they in no way allude to these guys as not being guys. Sure. Um, the only progressive part would be the very last line <laughs> of the movie when, you know, he finally gets up with that one guy. He's like, okay, I'm really a man. He's like, well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> That's about as progressive as it gets, but I mean, just I mean, the fact that it's some guys dressed in drag, 
I mean, it's not a big deal. It's, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I mean, how often have guys done that in theater and on, on the screen on stage? It's nothing new. Mm -hmm. um, Actually, before that, it was only used, um, like briefly and for very clearly comedic purposes, like dressing and because they had mentioned it during the, um, um, at the very beginning where they had dressed in earrings or dressed in hula or, you know, wearing coconut bras, just like very vaudevillian, they hadn't done it quite like this before on, on, on film. This was the first time they had done like a full, a full 90 minutes of this two hour film was uh, um, Lemon and um, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis dressed in drag. Hmm. All right. So, and, and you know what? I think it's uh, what, what I liked was for 59 here, you have two guys earn, learning this perspective and you actually have dialogue in here uh, where they're addressing the fact that they're getting this perspective, which, you know, you're looking at uh, some male characters and they're actually like, wow, you know, we're, we're, we only want one thing in that. Though Tony Curtis's character doesn't take long before he gets out of drag because once they travel in the train and they meet Sugar and, and he uh, learns about what Sugar likes, uh, he immediately turns into a, a, a fake persona of a rich millionaire who belongs to Sh Shell Oil. And I was doing some reading up and he is actually mocking <laughs> a specific famous uh, character during that time. Uh, I believe it was uh, Mr. Dean. Was it Dean Martin? He was oh, Cary uh, Grant. Cary Grant. That's what it was. Cary Grant. Apparently, Tony Curtis uh, proposed the idea to the director, and they loved it, so they ran with it. Uh, <laughs> Glenn, what did you think of Tony Curtis's uh, full Cary Grant? Character? Oh, that was good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was so obvious who he was channeling for that. <laughs> so uh, he did it so well, too. I, I, <laughs> well, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do that well too. You could be, you could pull off Cary Grant. I think so. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Tony Curtis—he's having fun in his role as uh, he seemed to be more comfortable. It's funny because if you watch the characters, he seems to be more comfortable though making fun of Cary Grant than he was in drag versus Lemon, who really seemed to get into it. <laughs> Maybe it's because uh, Jack Lemon was more of the the comedy guy uh don what would you think of these two did you think that maybe he was a little more comfortable in wearing the drag during the movie than mr curtis oh definitely definitely he was he 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 totally embraced it and the funny thing is he was the the difference between the two is he even though he was dressed like a woman all of his body movements and everything about him was still very mannish. Mm -hmm. Whereas when Tony Curtis was dressed like a woman, it was very tense and prim and, 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 and uncomfortable. And it came across as very hoity-toity ladylike. Mm -hmm. uh, everything from the, mm-hmm, 
and and the and the really weird falsetto. Yeah. Whereas, it, yeah, it it all came across as very stiff and ladylike, and you know, the upper crust, and uh, um, it's definitely someone who went to a conservatory. Exactly, yeah, the, you know, the, the Sheboygan <laughs> Conservatory. You know, our our uh, famous Wisconsin Sheboygan Conservatory of Music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they they turn out ladies of jazz. The, yeah. <laughs> ladies yeah. of something. I, I didn't even realize that they had, you know, a conservatory in Sheboygan until I watched this movie. Then I'm like, oh, man, I went to the wrong school, apparently. Uh, I, I, I also loved Jack uh, Lemon's description of how women walk, especially specifically Marilyn Monroe. She's like jello on springs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you uh, can see him trying to mimic that and, you know, but very mannish. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, very, very mannish, but he tried his best. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. He really did look like a man pretending to be a woman rather than, you know, a man trying yeah. to mimic a woman. Yeah. There's a, there's, there is a distinction there. And the distinction is how Tony, Tony Curtis did it versus how he did it. Yeah, you, you you could just see uh, which one was just more into the role. I think I, I don't uh -huh. I, I think Curtis couldn't just wait to get out of the tray. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes, we do have a Miss Marilyn Monroe Sugar uh, character in here, and uh, Glenn, how'd you feel about Sugar? Um, yeah, I mean. I've never been a huge Marilyn fan mm -hmm. um, in most of her roles. And I mean, for for the role they have her play, she's fine. Right. Um, and I mean, I, I did kind of like the fact that uh, she complains about, you know, all these guys, you know, who are, who are no good, who, you know, who would borrow money from her and then lie and all that stuff. And then she meets this rich guy, quote unquote rich guy, and then she's all like, Oh yeah, I'm totally rich too, and yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's like you know, she kind of complains about these guys being players, and she's kind of a player herself, in in a manner of speaking. So I mean, I, I like that they didn't just play her off as just this. I mean, she's not bright, no, um, <laughs> but but then I don't really think the guys are all that bright either. No, the the guys aren't too bright. She's not too bright, but at least they're very aware of how they are, though. Yes. Yeah. And and I liked that part of it is that, you know, she was very aware that she got weak in the knees for a saxophone player. She knew exactly how she was, and that's why she was with the girl band, she said, because that way she wouldn't be tempted to, uh, you know, with a sax player with a sax player yeah which yep. of course you know uh tony curtis's character was was a sax player so of course he immediately uh gets ideas um <laughs> of course Le jack lemon's jerry also had ideas or should i say daphne uh <laughs> but yeah it, it, they're at least all aware i mean uh you know jerry and 
uh, Joe are both aware of how they are too. I mean, no one really is uh, at least clueless the way they are, and they just have ex- kind of accepted the way they are, you know, and, and decide to to play to their strengths, right, Don? Like sugarcane and in, in her strengths. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I um, they really, they all really did hmm, very excellent in the roles they played. They, I mean, they really felt like a long-term comedy trio mm-hmm. actually they each they each did their parts extremely well and and they had a lot of synergy yeah they do they played off of each other uh, very well but i you know i think uh especially jack lemon i think he helped lead the other two especially though with that because I think it was would be very hard not to be able to play off of his energy that he just brings to the Daphne character, um, especially when they get into the hotel and he meets up with um, uh, Osgood, uh, <laughs> who played by Joe E. Brown, and this character he would easily fit into today. <laughs> Glenn, our, our Osgood uh, good fielding. Uh, what'd you think about this guy? <laughs> He's the guy creeping on Daphne. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, he's fine. Uh, I, I, I like the character, and it's, it's because he's totally. I mean, he's you know super rich, but he's also you know very obviously this you know. Uh, well, he talks about mother. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's obviously this big mama's boy as well, and he's been married how many times? Um, so um, a fun—he's he's a fun character. It's—it's it's fun the kind of dynamic that they that they develop together. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of like you know, it's like, hey, you know, I can push this a bit further. Sure, why not? I mean, when, you know, why not? You know, what's the worst that happens? He's had other wives, so yeah, I'm fine. You know, so I mean, I, I, I like that. That I mean, I, I actually like that. Better than I like with sugar and uh, and um, oh and uh, Joe and Joe, yeah. So yeah, I actually like the dynamic and the relationship between Osgood and and uh, Jerry uh, slash Daphne as well. That one was a lot of fun, and it was really fun watching uh, Jerry kind of get into <laughs> his role played of a female. That was. Again, kind of surprising for this film. Don, what did you think of this this uh, relationship that they had? I find it I find it amusing that so many people enjoy, including myself, enjoy that relationship more than the Joe Sugar relationship. Because the only reason that that relationship exists is to is be is to create a situation for Joe and Sugar to get together. Right. And the only reason it works is because of the extreme talent of both. Again, both um, Joe Brown, Joe Brown, and and Jack Lemon. And oh my God, that the dancing scene was just—I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, the the. Uh... They said a thing, and then they did a thing. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did go dancing. Uh, and they did blindfold the band and do the tango until dawn. 
that yes that they did and that was great because right after that scene he's talking about how he uh he's, he's getting engaged. married yeah he's engaged and tony kurt and uh, his buddy jerry's like he's like dude he's like <laughs> he's like you're uh you're a guy you're a guy what before he was saying uh you're a girl you're a girl i mean joe was saying you know to Jerry, you're, you're a guy. What are you doing? And he's just like, yeah, I had a wonderful time. He got totally lost because they had such a good time together. And apparently, I guess Jack Lemon, uh, they they taught him how to tango. So <laughs> for that, specifically for that role, uh, as but you can tell, but he kept leading. But he kept leading. Yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, they they took hours to teach him and Joe Brown how to tangle properly. And it worked so well on screen. I think uh, these two and just in general. Yeah. The, the chemistry between those two, I enjoy a lot more because the Tony Curtis, Marilyn Monroe, that, that whole thing, uh, sugar and uh, you know, sugar and Joe, that was kind of like your standard. You're like, Oh, you know, that's kind of your traditional thing. And then you've got this thing with, Jerry, Daphne, and uh, Oswald that just is this completely odd pairing, and those two seem to get along better, actually. <laughs> They're more odd, quote-unquote honest with each other, if you will. I mean, um, yeah, you know, so they don't, they don't hide anything from each other. Now, uh, we move later on. We've also got the villain, the gangsters in here, who are, I think, quite hilarious. Uh, I love the name Spats. A and we do get kind of this heavy moment with the, the duplication of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And uh, Glenn, how'd you feel about uh, Spats, our villain, and, and this uh, scene that's kind of entered into a, a comedy? <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, um, where they even try to you know, it's almost like they try to make it kind of funny. It's like, hey, you know, and you got the one uh, dude, uh, the minion, I guess you call him. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, the guy's like pumping the gas. And they come in. They don't be like, no, it's been first. Billy like kind of makes noise. And they, I was like, hey, why don't you join us? Like all yeah. like, you know, they got this kind of like goofy, you know, uh, Voices. kind of moronic sidekick. And it's like, hey, you know, this is funny. Oh, machine gun everybody. Like, oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. Interesting twist that you're going to have there. Okay. Yeah, and if you don't recognize that it's kind of replicating the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, you're, you're oh, missing yeah. something. Uh, and yes, I'm dropping trivia because this was during the trivia movie, but apparently uh, they were very concerned about kicking the toothpick out of Toothpick Charlie's mouth once Spats offs him. So apparently, after about 10 takes of missing, the director goes over to show him how it's done and proceeds to kick the actor who played Toothpick Charlie in the head. Oh, jeez. <laughs> doing, doing the exact thing the actor was afraid of. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Uh, but I thought it was a bit of a dark scene. And then you get the dark scene later on. I mean, you get the comical thing where the gangsters realize that the uh, witnesses are in Florida because comedic happenstance, 
you know, um, uh, and they're chasing him around and it's hilarious. And then they get to the big meeting of all the gangsters with, uh, was it uh, Bonaparte? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was, who was a great character who had like the old school hearing aid. <laughs> uh, 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 he was the equivalent of little Caesar. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was. And uh, then they do this thing where they off spats at his crew. And I'm just like, holy shit. I'm like, I'm, I'm laughing. And now you get this like serious gangster moment again. Don, how'd you feel about these uh, kind of two dark moments within this comedy? Again, it's, it's, um, it's one of those firsts kind of things that happened um, before this movie you had, you didn't, death was not a funny thing. Mm -hmm. It was not used in comedy. And, and in this film is one of the first times that they did that. Um, this, this film was one of the first times that they did that. And, you know, it, it was, it was handled well, but it definitely has improved since then. Yeah. Uh, with the types of movies that we have coming out now uh, makes you wonder exactly. Well, I was reading somewhere that they said that the very first showing of this people walked out and uh -huh. people gave Billy Wilder suggestions on what he should reshoot. And um, he said, yeah, no, this is just the wrong area of town to show this film in. And then their second showing apparently was fantastic. People yep. cheered and, and applauded. <laughs> so, Actually, I heard a, a, a interview with Jack Lemmon, and he uh, Billy Wilder did actually cut one small, like one minute scene. Mm -hmm. But that was it. But that was it. Well, you mm -hmm. know, so I guess that's not too bad. But at least he kept it for the most part the same. Way. Oh yeah. You know, and then Marilyn, uh, I'm not sure. Just uh, she did some good acting, but I'm not sure if it was too much of a of a stretch for her character, unfortunately, because I was reading up on how she was having a lot of problems with her lines. Done. She really was. Uh, um, she really was. <laughs> did they do, talk about that in the commentary at all about? They, they did actually. Mm -hmm. um, they, they got into it quite a lot. Um, being pregnant, going into this movie, uh, the fact that she had endometriosis and uh, the fact that is, uh, she did okay during the uh, comedy, the lighter scenes, right. but it, specifically the one scene when after, um, after uh, Junior dumps her, apparently trying to play that dramatic and emotional of a scene hit too close to home for her between the, the, the pregnancy hormones, the endometriosis and all of her abandonment issues um, really affected the fact that she couldn't do that. And it took what, 47 takes. Yeah. I was reading. And then that even too. then there's rumors that she didn't actually get it right, but they voiced it over. Oh, really? That's one of the, one of the rumors, but mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, in the commentary, he said that um, they actually had taped the lines inside all the drawers so that she could read it from there. Mm -hmm. And there were other, um, 
there were other scenes too where they actually had to have uh, the script taped to objects so that she could read it in order to get through the scenes. And they were all the more serious scenes, not the comedic scenes. Right. Well, you know, uh, oh, go ahead, Glenn. Were you going to say something? No, no. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, you could tell the comedy she's really comfortable with, but the serious scenes, yeah, you, there, there is, uh, you could tell that there was um, <laughs> a little bit of problems with those uh, more emotional scenes. That's why I, I did like how they put some comedy, and maybe that was them tweaking it as well the first time that uh, Tony Curtis posing as Shell Jr. Uh, gets Sugar alone on his yacht, which is actually Osgood's yacht, which, uh, you know, they, they managed to do some shenanigans to get on there. How that romance scene is actually played comedically. It works, mm -hmm. but thinking about that, maybe that's why they did it that way. <laughs> uh -huh. Because, uh, yeah, uh, it just, you could tell there were some difficulties in those more serious scenes. Now, the rest of the cast around them, I thought were great they really got a great supporting cast not only the gangsters but you know you get the girls as well in the band and yeah i i think it's fun again i'm not sure if it would be i would put it at number one on the funniest movies of all time at least it was in 2001 uh but it is it is humorous and it's just interesting to see i'm i'm i think this still with a few tweaks would work today. I mean, people have tried to copy the formula, but this exact story we haven't quite seen. Glenn, what, what do you think? Do you think this specific type of story, do you think it would work today? Or do you think since it's been done many times that people would just go, oh, yeah, here we go, another cross-dressing comedy? I mean, if they did it right, it could work. The problem is, is that uh, I, don't, I don't know. It'd be hard to do mm -hmm. because they, they'd... I don't know. It, it just. What if they kept it a period piece back in the, you know? Possibly. Mm -hmm. um, the the thing is, it's it's it would be hard to do, without a fair chunk of it coming across as offensive. Oh, because everybody would find something offensive in it. That's a big part of it, but it's also yeah. just the you know it's, you know, and and a lot of it. It's so much of it. It's been done before. You know, how do mm -hmm. women walk in these heels? Ah. Uh, Mm -hmm. well, it's you know heel toe that's how you do it <laughs> glenn glenn knows glenn knows how to walk in heels yeah i had to do it for a, i had to do it for a play once so oh did you really yeah well i was i i was a uh, playing a superhero and i i needed boots like mm. like some tall like you know leather like boots and uh there happened to be uh one of the one of the girls on the volleyball team who was like six three had these like boots that were actually almost my size. I could squeeze into them, but they had like, you know, like a three inch heel on them. So I had to learn how to walk in those. So I didn't kill myself getting up on the stage. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So you could kind of relate to these guys and the trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I had to wear tights for that too. Oh, so, did you? <laughs> yeah. What, 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 do you remember the name of your character? I was Captain Titan. Captain Titan. Yeah. Big, big T on your chest too. No, I didn't have a big T on my chest. I had I had the literally in college. I had a school football jersey. Oh, okay. 
wow, I just I learned something new with every episode. That is, <laughs> you need to reprise that role sometime, Glenn. Perhaps. Perhaps. You, 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 though you can wear flats if you want. You don't have to wear heels. Eh, whatever. It makes, my, it makes my ass look good. <clears throat> to which another trivia moment here, folks. According to rumors, when they were doing fittings for the costumes, someone mentioned to Marilyn Monroe that Tony Curtis had a better ass than her, to which she opened her blouse and said, yeah, but he doesn't have tits like these. So... <laughs> Oh, man, to be a fly on the wall during production of this film. <laughs> it had to definitely uh, be interesting. So, so yeah, uh, I, I, there was a lot of trivia, of course, in here as well. We've already mentioned just some of the things. But, uh, Don, how did you feel about this being a pick for a trivia movie? Well, it was... Very, very tangential to this tri to this year's trivia theme, which was, mm -hmm. you know, trivia five zero. Yes. Um, I mean, it did take place on a beach resort. There was one scene on the beach, <laughs> and and one on a yacht. So I guess and and one on the yacht. Yes, yes. So I I suppose, um, Jim Oliva. The, the fellow who runs um, Trivia uh, did the fantastic tease of the posters he put up around town was very clearly the Jaws poster without Jaws. Yes. So that was one heck of a good tease he put up there. Well, and it, it gave us false hope because you know, Jaws would have been great too. Jaws is great. Well, no, I mean, it would have been great for a trivia movie. <laughs> yes, Jaws is great. No, no questions <laughs> asked there. But. Yeah. I mean, it, it it goes with what he's been doing for a while now. Mm -hmm. um, Do you think this was a better fit than the Butch Cassidy film last year? Definitely more trivia in this. Yeah. So much more trivia in this. And and the funny thing is, the real great parts about this movie are, is all of its dialogue. Mm -hmm. But it has some really fantastic visual comedy as well. Um, so definitely, as far as a trivia movie, a, a, a better trivia movie. Yeah, I, I thought so. Glenn, how did you feel about this being a trivia movie pick versus uh, maybe a few of the past ones? Um, I think it's fine. Uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of little tidbits you can get out of it. So, um, but I mean, with with what they do with trivia, you can find trivia in anything. Yeah. So, because you know, it's, um, oh. and I think it's access accessible enough too, which is good. Um, which they generally do. They don't pick. They don't. They don't pick these. You know, super obscure. Let's find this movie that only played, you know, at like three art, uh, art house theaters in 1974 in the Greenwich Village, you know. Um, oh, but he used to. He used to. But, I mean, he's he's gotten where it's, now it's he's got stuff that it's, you know, I guess got a bit more know, of appeal is the right word, but just you can find it. <laughs> well, and, and part of the reason he did that is, one, because they would get these indie films that were hit or miss you weren't quite sure what you were going to get. And so sometimes people came out like 
out of ice storm and going what the fuck <laughs> going what what the hell did we watch <laughs> it's like it didn't really put people in a good mood when you pick classics at least you know what you're getting i think yeah. he's also had an increased turnout since he started doing classics i mean he um as much as I loved seeing Bubba Hotep, and and I really did love seeing Bubba Hotep on the big screen, there, uh, I really think there the theater has been a little bit. There's been more people showing up, not so much to the the midnight showing on the Friday night, but to the Saturday afternoon and the Saturday night movies. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the reason why he increased it to three showings uh -huh. is because they were actually having to turn people away for once, which didn't uh -huh. always happen with the others that, and he didn't want to encourage people to download the obscure indie film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because that, you know, with the rise of the broadband and the internet, suddenly it was coming relevant that people were seeking that out in, nefarious spots because you couldn't find these obscure indie films somewhere so and i always thought the classic films fit better with the overall spirit of trivia you know um because watching some of those indie ones were painful you know uh <laughs> some of them were okay like uh bubba hotep it was great was it uh dr orloff was that uh that one was oh, yeah dr orloff that one was pretty funny too but you know not all of them were funny some of them were dramas which i didn't think quite you know i mean like heavy dramas like georgia and i mentioned ice storm which mm -hmm. oh man um but with the classics too he he opened it up more towards i think for families to actually you know stuff that you could for the most part bring your kids to um you, you know versus ice storm which had a swinger part party in it uh <laughs> you know and you're like how do i take notes on this yeah i i remember one of the early trivia films well early in 90s was um oh and now of course i'm not going to remember it mm. um the one with uh hugo weaving um and the bus Oh, and they're driving, and they're driving across. Uh, uh, they're in Australia, okay. and they're all gay men. Oh, tu, uh, Tuong. No, 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 no. No, who uh, no, go weaving? Priscilla, Priscilla Queen, Queen of the Desert. Oh yeah, yeah, Priscilla Queen of the Desert. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That uh, does not seem much like. <laughs> He's definitely changed how he does things. Yeah, just you know, good changes. Well, yeah, especially because, in trivia is good, especially in trivia. You know what you're getting. It's accessible and it's fun to revisit these classics. And for those of you out there who may not have partaken in the world's largest trivia contest, shame on you. Uh, but if you're wondering what types of questions you get, you get questions like what was the brand of cigarettes? Uh, was it the, the box? What was written on the box of cigarettes used by Polichek? in uh the film oh, yeah and yeah folks polachek is a agent that uh joe and jerry use they're the ones that eventually as 
Don mentioned uh, his secretary is the one that hooked him up with the job and gave him the idea. But he's smoking a pack of cigarettes and he puts the box of cigarettes on his desk. And it's only there for a little bit of time to where you can actually see the full name. But the answer was Chesterfield's. Yep. And you have to take notes on that. And you have to take notes on everything, like the address for Mozzarella's funeral parlor, which was the speakeasy. And you, or what do kind like of coffee did they serve? What? Yes, what were the three kinds of coffee that they served at the speakeasy? Yes, uh, there was uh, sour mash uh, coffee, there was uh, Canadian coffee, and was it uh, bourbon coffee? Scotch. 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 Yeah, Scotch coffee. <laughs> so, uh, so you get questions like that, or uh, uh, oh, the, the big one, which was great for our team. Uh, because it was a combined notes. It was like, our notes combined. Uh, what was the name of the two lakes on the trains that uh, Joe and Jerry were uh, going uh, to ride on with the band? And there's one, uh, Don's uh, significant other, Sheldon, he had taken notes and he had written Lake Mary. Uh, whereas I had Lake Pryor, but I didn't have Lake Mary. And he had Lake Mary, but he didn't have Lake Pryor. So we were able to cross-check our references, our notes, and uh, we got the answer right. But that's the type of stuff that they ask in trivia. And that's why I love it. <laughs> oh, but it doesn't stop there. No, because it it's not just about the movie. It's mm -hmm. about the whole going to the theater and seeing the... A trivia kickoff movie experience. Yes. Evil man that he is. He is an evil man because one of the questions during the contest was, hey, you saw the trivia movie at the theater. I wonder if you paid attention to what was in the lobby. What animals were on the weather vane on the one sheet poster in the lobby of Roger's cinema the night of the trivia movie? <laughs> yeah. To which I go to the theater enough I was able to answer it, but there were so many and there's so many uh one sheets in in posters and displays up there that it gets you know especially when you're seeing the midnight movie and you're already excited about this you're not really looking necessarily no you're you're not thinking of of it and i i just took a guess because it was the only movie i knew was out which was dumbo and it ended up being yeah elephants on a weather vane on the poster in the one sheet in the theater where they showed the trivia movie. That, that, that's, that's just part of why we love uh, trivia, you know? Uh, and I, I love they picked this film, and it's a great contest, though it was bittersweet this year, wasn't it, Don? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we still have, um, you know, again, changes good in trivia I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hold to that well i mean oz when he took it over what 40 years ago he changed the contest yes, for, for the better and now i'm curious now as he uh slowly backs away from the responsibilities of trivia and hands it off to a new uh trivia question writer i'll be interested to see how things play out um Glenn, do you think that's going to change maybe how the top teams 
place in the coming years since everybody's spent so much time trying to figure out Oz now that they're going to have a new guy to try to figure out. Uh, do you think that might change the standings a bit? Possibly. I hope so. So we don't get the same 15 teams at the top 15. <laughs> uh well top 10 at least it's almost every year now um because mm -hmm. they figured out the way oz is thought out well it's because they're all such a close knit close knit group of friends yes which uh we are as well our team is mm -hmm. um and that's that the experience is what why i like doing it um uh, you know i've heard the horror stories of uh, literal horror stories of of some people who have gone to play on one of the top five teams and they are like yeah that wasn't fun <laughs> for them it was yeah. fun for the team it's fun for the team the way they play that's how they play that's how they enjoy playing more power to them but you know i've got to give lap dances to dawn occasionally so you know <sighs> god <laughs> Uh, yeah, my wife. yeah, but I wasn't the first one he gave a laptop dance to. That was Kelly. No, Kelly. He. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so worth it hearing him. Okay, too much, too much. <laughs> <laughs> Which he shouldn't say such things because that just encourages more. Encourages you, yes, it does. I, I'm a horrible person, but luckily he didn't go running away screaming. So. Uh, <laughs> So, yes, there's various ways you can play the contest, folks, and it's what your group feels like doing. I mean, we used to be, I think, a lot more. We've gotten a little bit more uh, relaxed in our elder years, but I think uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, it all depends on what you want to do, what your goal is. And me, I just love having fun with you guys, you know, all there, getting to, you know, rest my head on 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 the bfd for some time and you know spend some quality time with glenn yeah as you know everybody wants to do that but everybody everybody does want to do that and i've probably caused my team a lot of therapy bills which uh dawn my wife says you you can send the bill to her and and she will i i have that in writing Yes, you do. You have that in writing. That <laughs> I, she, I have it in writing. <laughs> she will cover your therapy bill after <laughs> after that shenanigan. Um, to oh, which I, I, I wonder who would have gotten the bill with your with your little joust there. <laughs> I, I thought somebody was going to get hurt. <laughs> what between me and Mark uh, jousting? Yes. Yeah. No, we're 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 careful enough. We knew better than to stab one another, though. You know, what was that? That was Saturday night. So you're living on about three and a half hours sleep over the course of <laughs> some 30 hours, maybe jousting with two large sticks. Is it the best idea at three in the morning? I, I mean, but, the only saving grace was that neither of them was particularly sharp. No, it, it would have probably just bruised really badly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I love trivia and I love you guys. And I, yeah, I love doing these episodes where we can uh, reminisce a little bit about the weekend. Uh, Don, did you have a favorite question or something that he asked about the movie or just uh, during trivia that that a question that you particularly liked? Um, uh, no, we already addressed that, actually. Oh, we did. Oh, which one was that? 
uh, the uh, the Dumbo one. Oh yes, the Dumbo one. Yeah, that one yeah. was that was really tricky. Because because um, those are the questions that really kind of pull it in that he that proves that he wants it to be an entire inclusive experience, which is really really unfortunate for the distance players because it guarantees that those distance players are not going to get it. Just like the uh, the question from the alumni book. Oh my God, the question from the alumni book. That one, the, I, I yeah. go, oh, wow. I mean, just like, but the, but the thing is, just like any other book, if you don't have the book, you're not going to get the answer. And it, therefore, it's fair game. But... At the same time, yeah, that, that the the book was for sale just outside of registration, yeah. and it was a choice whether or not to pick it up, and yeah, I didn't. <laughs> not for the price that they were selling it for. <sighs> well, I also didn't even didn't think too hard on it either. Yeah, and I probably should have. Yeah, should have should have possibly seen where else maybe to get it. I. Uh, but yeah, the, the alumni book question got me. Glenn, uh, for the parts you heard in the contest, did you have a favorite question or one that you particularly liked? Or Oh, the one about the coffee. Because I like my Scotch and Irish coffees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now I want to try some sour mash coffee. And Canadian coffee? <laughs> yeah. Now, what was the Canadian coffee reference? I got the sour mash and I got, you know, of course, the Scotch. Canadian whiskey. Oh, whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Canadians Canadian still had booze, so you could get yeah. you could have it, you know, smuggled across the border, <laughs> or across the Great Lakes because it was in Chicago. So, coming on a boat, get your contraband that way, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, for me, the one that I liked and the one that we got um, was one that again goes with what you're saying, Don. Not so much inclusiveness, but a question for those who he knows records the contest was yes there was a question it was like hour 20 something I, I forgot or hour 30 anyway it was a question about no that was sunday night that's right it was sunday night it was sunday night so we're in like hour 40 because it's 54 hours straight of trivia mm -hmm. folks and we're like in hour 40 something and he asks during hour 17, we played two songs from a uh, recording. I know this duo. one because I got the question right. You did get the question right. And so, what was that recording duo? So, in order to get that, you would have had to record the contest or at least record what songs were playing during the contest. And, Don, who was it? It was Jan and Dean. It was Jan and, the th and the thing is, they were played at, they weren't like played back to back. Mm -mm. They were played at two different points during that hour. So as we're going through hitting each of those songs, and we got to the second surf song, yeah, I recognize it was Jan and Dean. <laughs> she I never get music questions right. I was so excited. Yeah, you got that one, for, uh, which was great. And so... Yeah, it, it's stuff like that, and uh, here's hoping we do still have a contest next year. Uh, I think there will be. Um, it's a big enough event, if you have not seen it, in Stevens Point, that it takes over the entire town, and we now have a trivia weekend declared uh, 
if by I the read, governor. By the governor of Wisconsin. So the second weekend in April has been declared Trivia Weekend, uh, which is awesome because they've been doing it. For also known years. as Second Winter Weekend. In <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Second Winter. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, considering we had uh, not quite as much. We had about nine inches, but nasty freezing rain as well as rain and sleet and nights. And that whole week before trivia, folks, we had the entire seasons. We had summer, spring. We had spring, summer, winter, and fall. Not in that order, but they all occurred the week before. Um yeah, there was a lot of snow on the ground. <laughs> Come, luckily, it wasn't snowing during the contest this year, unlike last year. Uh, so that was a plus, but it still is is one of those things where you're like, oh man, because they usually picked this time of year because it's when the things have thawed by then. You know, it might be cool, but you, you don't expect to have a, a you know twelve inches on the ground. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh. Uh, second winter. So, yes, folks, uh, I'll put links in the body of this. We'll wrap it up for the night. And uh, you you should check out Trivia, and you can listen to it streaming thanks to the interwebs and play remotely. But if you do, uh, you'll need a boots on the ground and point to really enjoy the experience. And, uh, Glenn, do you have any final, final thoughts with Trivia or what you'd like to tell folks about uh, Trivia? It's fun. Do it. <laughs> there you go. Give in to peer pressure. Join a team. Eat lots of food that you shouldn't probably eat. But it's okay because there's also a veggie platter. <laughs> you know, nestled in between all the chips, Swedish fish, and Slim Jims. <laughs> the Slim Jims were quite popular this weekend, I noticed. Oh my God. I had one or 30. We did so much better this year, though. We really did. We did do better on our food this year. We went through a lot more veggies and such. And uh, those, all oh, those jalapeno, what, uh, scones or biscuits. Uh, I don't know what you call them, but they were pickle good. Pickle cupcakes. And there were pickle cupcakes. And we still have a couple of those, along with some of the Orange Dream cupcakes. And... The delicious whatever bacon frosting, whatever you made, Don. Were the maple bacon muffins, oh, cupcakes. Oh my god, those were so good. Oh, and I missed those. Oh, yeah, there was, and then there was the biscuits and gravy, and they were jalapeno and cheddar. Oh, the pulled pork. And the pulled oh, pork. The pulled pork. Yeah, Lisa brought, Lisa brought that, right? Lisa yeah, brought was, the pulled yeah, pork. That was, Casey uh, and, and Kelly brought uh, yeah. barbecue meatballs, and that was really good. Oh, those were good too. Wait, uh, no, they did the meatball subs. They and did the meatball Sarah subs. and Aaron did the barbecue meatballs. Right. We oh had my the God. so much good food. All the if food we could just back good. off on the sweets, I mean the can actual candy. We actually didn't have quite as many chips this year as we've had in the past. We hardly had any chips this year, and the chips we did have, uh, I think, mostly were handled by the kids. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Many. Of I, the... I know I had way too many jelly beans. Yeah, yeah. I had. I poured myself a cup of jelly beans and was yeah. uh, grazing over the weekend. So uh, there is that. But uh, so there you have it, folks. Uh, Don, your experience with trivia. Final thought. Everybody should play. Find a team that you love 
and treat them well and do what you do and have fun. And just because you don't think you're good at trivia doesn't mean you won't be good at this. Yes, because you never know what's going to be asked. And you might be someone who has that one bit of knowledge that you'll be surprised no one else in town has. And it gets you valuable trivia points. Maybe you watched Huff and Puff and Stuff. No. Yes. Huff and Stuff and Puff and Huff and H HR. Huff, Huff and Puff. No, Huff and Puff. Maybe you're a Marty and said Croft fan and can there actually you go. say these words that I'm trying to say and fail. There you go. You're a Sid and Marty Croft fan. Uh, you, you watch a lot of kids' TV. Who knows? But guaranteed you will probably be able to answer at least a few questions during the contest. And that's all it takes. The minute you answer one question correctly or you get it before anyone else on your team, you're going to be hooked. And you're gonna want to yes. do. You're gonna want to do more, and and yeah, it because once you get that one taste of victory of where you answered first, yeah, there's no going back. There really and this is. is nothing like bar trivia or Trivial Pursuit. Oh God, no, this isn't. This is eight questions an hour, two songs a question normally to answer, call in, and it can be about literally as you've gotten from the examples tonight anything what whatever oz and Eck, they could have walked past some flyer in summer from some hotel and they will answer a question off of it if they find it interesting and that is no exaggeration is it don not at all <laughs> so yeah and they still throw in but not all questions are impossible either they put enough in there to keep it fun so you're not constantly going crap i don't know this one or crap you can't find this one uh they do keep it fun but you know for the diehards out there they throw out those challenging ones where you're just like huh <laughs> it's just like, what's this? i love the ones that the very 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 few that nobody gets yes yeah you have you there are a few questions occasionally where you have like 9,000 to 12,000 people registered uh, as playing and not a single one of them can answer the oh, question. I, it was one of my first trivias, the final question. I don't remember the exact question, but I remember the answer. It was something like where Oz talks about how um, people who know him know that, he, know that he's a big fan of circuses and circus history. And he talks about some magazine from like some circus magazine from like the 1930s. And he says, and on, you know, in the middle of it, there's an ad for a circus clown troupe. What's the name of that clown troupe? <laughs> and I will, to my dying day, remember the happy and sappy monarchs of America. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, the only way anyone could have ever answered that question if they said, if someone said, hey, wait a minute. I've got a bunch of old 1930 circus magazines in that box over there. Let's go look. Yep. So, because that's not like one you just go, oh, yeah, let me just do a Google search. Circus ads 1930s. Yeah. You're not going to find yeah. Oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Also, go. remember to have your safe search on. Safe search is, is very important during trivia. Yes. Yeah. Trivia is rather family friendly 
is family friendly but the internet isn't and it, no. depending on how you choose your wording you could go into some dark places in the internet yeah real quick too yeah <laughs> well and it's one thing is too is we all noticed it is uh yeah your search engines folks have changed over the years let's put it that way it actually used to be a little bit easier to look up stuff on the internet than it is now <laughs> And because now you could have three people put in the same words and they'll come up all with something different. <laughs> yep, because there's so much information out there. So much garbage and so much good stuff. And to find that one nugget is a lot tougher. But that's why you should form your own team or, or join a team. And because once you get a variety of people, you'd be amazed at what you can answer. Um, I think the uh, good one was last year during the music question. There were two different uh, guitar uh, riffs, and I believe it was uh, Casey who uh, pointed out that, no, 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 that's not the one from Kansas. That's Stacy's mom. And she's like, yeah. Yes. And she was like... It, and it was the it was from Stacy's mom, and it was actually you look there. Was, she had more information. Apparently, uh, it was the one that Kansas actually sued them over because they thought they had sampled it because they replicated it so well. But she knew the difference, and it was like holy crap. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, that's that's part of the fun of and the experience, as they put it, of trivia. So, yep. Uh, hope that was your wet your whistle, folks. Uh, thank you, Don and Glenn, for uh, you know still recovering from the weekend and still taking time out to uh, talk about this contest that we love. So now is the point where uh, these fine folks can shill themselves and tell you where you can find their stuff at when they're not here. So, Don, I'm so tempted. So oh, tempted. What? Go ahead. What? The information you want to find. Well, you're going to post it anyway. Never mind. You can find me at naiaudience.net. <laughs> she wanted to do it in the form of a question. No, no, no. I wanted to do 90fmtrivia.org. Oh, there you go. You can plug them, 90fmtrivia.org. Yeah, check it out. You'll get to see a little bit, at least, a taste of this contest. And uh, Mr. Glenn Bittner, please tell the fine folks what else you're working on. Right now, I ain't doing shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, other than other than work, um, but I mean, I am always tinkering on some of my game design stuff. Um, and I do have. If you're in the Milwaukee area on July 13th and 14th, you can come to GlenCon and play games with me, or just come to my store and play games with me all the time. Um, otherwise, just find me on Twitter at Guy in a Bunker. That's where I spend most of my time now. Um, and when I do post updates, I mention on there if I do. And then you can find them on my uh, gaming stuff on Facebook. Fantastic. Yes, folks. So next time you're in Milwaukee, make sure you check out uh, him and uh, you can go play with Glenn. Uh, Glenn, will, <laughs> Glenn will let you play with, with him. Um, <clears throat> depending on the game, uh, you may need to buy him dinner first. B-Y-O-L. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we'll just say, say goodnight, everyone. Good night, everyone. everyone. 
Hey, all my friends out there looking for more spoiler room goodness, then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive spoiler room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and on to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the spoiler room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support, and remember in the spoiler room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.